The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It is a dream come true for a University of Alberta scientist. He's been chosen for a key role in NASA's Mars 2020 mission. The mission will get underway this summer, and it's an attempt to better understand the planet by collecting rock and soil samples that will eventually be returned to Earth for analysis. Chris Hurd joins us now with more. Congratulations, Chris. Thanks very much. How cool is this, huh? <laughs> it's pretty awesome, yeah. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. How long have you been uh, fascinated with Mars for? Oh, it's, this goes back to being a kid. Really? Yeah. What I was, was it? Well, I, I, around when I was 13, I, I was... I grew up around rocks and books because of my parents, and uh, I just uh, read science fiction, and I thought, you know what would be really great is to study the geology of another planet and Mars is so interesting for so many reasons. Now, you're not going to Mars. (laughs) Let's make that clear. Tell us more about this mission and the importance of it. So the Mars 2020 mission is a rover, very capable, lots of really great instruments on board. Uh, Allows us to rove around the surface and explore the rocks and get lots of information from them. But the big difference here, what really sets it apart, is that it also has the ability to drive up to uh, a rock outcrop or you know a rock on the surface and core a sample out oh cool and and put it inside a protective sleeve and leave it there for uh, eventual return to earth we hope so we, we hope okay so the last mars rover died uh, a couple years ago didn't it uh, the Opportunity rover did. Uh, yeah. The Curiosity rover is still going. It's though. still going. That's yeah. it. Okay. And if I remember, one of them had a Twitter account, which has been fascinating to follow as, yeah. <laughs> as well. Okay. So here's one of the things that I'm not, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Why are, why are we so fascinated by Mars? Why do we want to find out more uh, uh, about it. I, I know that Mars has evolved quite a bit over over the years and is very different than it was maybe the hundreds, thousands of years ago. So, so what is it that we as humans are captivated and want to know so much more about? I think what it is is that it's, it's so Earth-like or there's these tantalizing clues that Mars was Earth-like in its early history. Uh, the planets all formed around four and a half billion years ago, Earth and Mars included. And for the first few hundred million years, Mars may have had liquid water of nice sort of neutral pH on the surface. Mm-hmm. And then things changed somewhere uh, about four billion years ago, three and a half billion years ago. And, uh, and there was a dramatic, really a dramatic change in globally on Mars so that things became a lot less, you know, uh, nice for life if it existed, uh, and now it's it's a it's dry and irradiated and and lifeless as far as we know today. So I think the the fascinating thing is, as you say, it's evolved. It's evolved to be a planet that doesn't have evident life on it today. But it, but the, the clues are that it did. Like it it might have, or at least yeah, it might have. Do do we know what happened um, to to cause that change, or is that or is this study part of that? That's one of the biggest questions in Mars geology is what happened? Why yeah. did this change, this dramatic change happen around three or four billion years ago? And we don't know. Why is it that people want to live there? Why are we talking about living there when it sounds like such a, a tough 
planet? Like, <laughs> it's not a nice place uh, no. to be. I don't think. No, it's cold and the very thin atmosphere. I, I think. I think that's something uh, that we sort of sort of even to a non-expert, you sort of recognize that, you know what, Mars is actually fairly Earth-like. I mean, it has an atmosphere, it has ice and wind and sand dunes and, you know, sort of some somewhat familiar rocks. And so maybe that, you know, sort of that, that connection that we have with it. Uh, and the idea sort of springs from that, that, hey, maybe we could live there someday. Uh, okay. Chris Hurd is a professor in the Department of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences at the U of A. He is, um, he's been chosen for a key role in uh, NASA's Mars 2020 mission. Um, so we go back to, you know, billions years past on Mars. We talked about the, the wet conditions, that there was possibly the water there and that it possibly supported life. So when those core samples are are taken, what do you look for? Do you look for little tiny microscopic critters in there or, or what? That's a great question. So the rover is really capable and is able to look for things like hints of organic matter, sort of, sort of like molecules that could have come from life. Um, it's also able to look at really microscopic textures and so there's the possibility if we come across the right types of rocks we could see you know we could see tiny fossils potentially but that's probably really unlikely um and so that's why the samples are so important the the rover is going to give allow us to drive up to rocks to a rock outcropping and and look at it you know look it over like you do like geologists do on the earth you're looking at a road cut you know you walk Mm -hmm. along and you look at it and you go hey this is interesting you zoom in on it and provide that context and then say, you know what, we need a sample. And that's really where my role and my other, the other people that got selected with me, our role is, okay, where are we going to actually get that sample? And the sample is so important because the context for it will be provided by us. And if it does eventually come back to the Earth, that's when we'll be really throwing everything we have at it in labs on the Earth to see if there's evidence for life. Oh. That's really what it takes. Okay, so Chris, how do you know? How do you know which rock to get a sample from? Uh, well, this is where the training is of all the people on the team—not just the ten of us that got selected, but everybody who's already involved in the team. There's something like 300 scientists on this mission already. And uh, where we we have experiences, uh, and uh, people actually definitely with experience better than me have uh, done this with the Earth, trying to look for at ancient rocks on the Earth, trying to look for evidence of of ancient life on the Earth. So those are the clues that we get, and it's the context. Like I said, we're not going to say during the mission, there's life in this rock. Yeah. But it's the context to say, you know what, this rock formed under these environments like it was a hot spring or at the bottom of a lake or something like that and then we'll be able to to say this is the most this is our best shot right here and that's why we need a sample okay so this rover that's being used um is it um does it move on its own or is it controlled from earth it's controlled from earth uh but rover technology has come a long way over the years and it will do a lot of things autonomously so you could tell it to drive x number of meters over to this next spot and it will do a certain number of things uh on its own usually overnight and then uh and then report back essentially send the data back and then we look at those and see how it did how long does it take to send an instruction instruction to the rover 
and to process is is, is it immediate like you, you talked about overnight how long does that yeah, take it's, well there's a there is a communications delay because of the distance <laughs> but it but more importantly what it is 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 you you work out what commands you want to send to the rover uh you you i mean it's going to be really interesting because we're, this is as part of the team i'll do this everybody else will We'll be looking at the first photos that come down and all the other information, but then we'll only have a few hours in a given day to look at it, decide what we want to do next, figure out what the commands are, not me, somebody else, <laughs> and then <laughs> upload those to the rover for it to do its next things. Um, so that's that's kind of how it works. It's not like driving with a joystick sort of thing. It's more these are the steps that we want you, the rover, to take over the next several hours. Okay, so give us an idea of the timeline. Uh, the rover expected to launch in July of this year? That's right. It launches from Cape Canaveral, Florida in July, and then it it takes uh, it until it lands February 18th of next year. Wow. Okay, are you going to be at Cape Canaveral for it? I hope so, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> that's and then I'll uh, hope to be at, uh, at in Pasadena at the Jet Propulsion Lab um, in in uh, February of next year when it lands. Okay, and then will you be working there full-time? Uh, for off and on. Well, uh, it's, okay. uh, it's sort of not clear because, you know, the other thing is that there's a lot that has to sort of be checked out with the rover before it starts to drive around. Okay. And whether, you know, we, whether we're going to get to a rock that we're going to sample right away is not clear. So there's a bit up in the air, but... But yeah, there'll be times when I'll be down there, and other times I'll do things remotely from from home. All right. So rover can uh, core out a, a sample, put it somewhere, tuck it away, and and save it. How do those samples get back to Earth, and how long does that take? So there's the plan is for another rover to go and collect the samples, okay. put them into a container blast them in a rocket off the surface of Mars, and then an, another orbiting spacecraft around Mars will collect those and bring those back to the Earth. Come on! Um, that's, that's the plan. Now, this, this rover doesn't do all that. Like, that's why you have to have a follow-on mission. So somewhere around 2026 or so, that's when the other rover would, the other sort of part of this would happen, and then it would come back to Earth around 2031, at least in the current model. Okay, so current model, it's 11 years before you get those samples in your hands. That's a long wait. <laughs> long wait. It'll be worth the wait, I hope. I mean, that's part of our job, too, is, is to collect a suite of samples, at least 20 is the goal, Okay. maybe more, that are so compelling, right? They're so interesting, They, you know, that, that, that we can do nothing other than to just, you know, for the space agencies to spend the money to get those things home. I mean, how do you contain your excitement for 11 years? I mean, this is something to be looking forward to for a long time. I can barely contain my excitement that it's Friday and I'm done work in two hours. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, serious. I mean, it's got to be, that's going to be something else for you. Um, what, why, why do you believe that this mission is so important? Um, it's, the, it's the closest we've ever come to having, a, it's the first tangible step and bringing samples back. Um, and that's really the difference. And, and it was decided that 10 or 15 years ago by the scientific community that, you know, there's a lot of really great exploration of Mars and it's provided incredible, like a framework, like an idea of what, like I mentioned before about what has happened with Mars's climate and its history. But this, these samples would provide us not only with the potential for finding life, but with the highest kind of resolution idea of what happened over Mars's history that we've ever had. So that's why it's been 
places such a high priority for the next phase of Mars exploration. Chris, before I let you go, um, what are you going to be looking forward to the most? There's a lot of excitement over the next couple of months, over the next couple of years, the decade. Um, what will, what do you think is going to be the most exciting? Um, I, th- I think this opportunity is really to be personally involved mm. and to get to know these other people with very different, diverse backgrounds, expertise, these really smart people involved on this mission, and work together to, to you know, accomplish this goal of... of collecting samples of Mars. A couple of texts coming in this afternoon. Uh, Chris uh, Edmonton uh, Ken says, Chris Hurd is the Howard Wallowitz of Canada, making Canadians proud. So there you go. (laughs) And then Sebastian has a question. He says, wouldn't it make more sense to have the built-in capability on the lander to read and process the samples itself and then just send back the raw data? That's an excellent question. But you know what? I think it was Carl Sagan that said, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Ah. If you're going to say that there's life on Mars or there was life on Mars, mm. you need the evidence there. And you could send the best instruments to, the, to Mars on a rover or lander, but they will not be able to tell you definitively that life was there. And that's why the samples are so important. We have to be able to bring them back. And even if we bring them back and we can't say right away yeah. that there was life, we can develop the technologies because the samples are back on the Earth, right? So that, and that's the same thing that's happened with Apollo samples from the moon. 50 years later, people are still studying them with the latest and greatest technologies. So we'll be able, that's what will happen with these samples over the following generations is that people will apply everything, all the latest and greatest technologies to figuring out what they're all about. Very, very cool. Chris Hurd, thank you for joining me this afternoon. I look forward to talking with you again as this continues to unfold. Congratulations uh, on, on, on the position as well as being named to the team. It's amazing. Absolutely. My pleasure. Take care now. Have a great Thanks. weekend. Okay. Thanks, you too. That is uh, Chris Hurd. Uh, a professor in the Department of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences at the U of A. You can follow him on Twitter at Space Rock Doc. Uh, you can read a lot more about Mars 2020 if you go to the NASA website. Um, fascinating stuff, huh? How cool is this?